Guess what? What, Jay? Hi, actually. Hi, Jay. I'm too long. I know, right? What are, yeah. you, what are you doing? Having a life? Well, I, I guess so, yeah. Just normal Jeez, oh life man. stuff. I wrote my parents another letter. You were saying you would do that. Yes. And I was dubious of its effectiveness. I figured I, I may as well give it a shot. Hopefully it couldn't hurt, yeah. What was in the letter? The letter kind of came about from when I visited my parents in over the 4th of July weekend. And um, at the time, my brother's parents-in-law were also visiting, as were my brother and uh, his wife, Margaret. And I mean, I, I like Margaret's side of the family. They're all very nice people. So I was kind of looking forward to it. But it turned out that my parents ended up outing me to my brother's parents-in-law because of just he this and he that. And that was at the very end of your trip on the way back to the airport. Margaret's parents offered to give me a ride back to the airport since they um, were heading back pretty much at the same time. And so um, on, I guess, the Sunday, we were loading luggage into the trunk of their car. And, um, and Margaret's dad says, ah, so is that everything? And my dad says, oh, uh, he'd also want to put his backpack in the trunk. Mm -hmm. So that, that was not great. And, mm, um, yeah. and my dad, he, I could tell he, he didn't even notice because he just kept on chit-chatting. And then as well, I also wanted to convey to my parents that their misgendering of me could also be a safety risk in the sense that if we were to go out to a restaurant or something, and if they were to misgender me, that uh, perhaps perhaps the server might be a very nice person, but if someone else were to overhear that, and if they were a person not very tolerant of people like me, they might decide to do harm by me. And that, that was not great either. Uh, so I wrote my parents a letter in early November because I would also be seeing them for Thanksgiving and um, a bunch of Margaret's other relatives would, were also invited for, for Thanksgiving. And I really didn't want my parents to out me to them also. I see. Yeah. So I wrote the letter and I, I actually sent it to them using the Party Mail Express, which is the one that goes like overnight. Oh. And normally I would have just sent it by regular mail to them, but I wanted to give them as much, I guess, practice time as possible, giving them the benefit of the doubt that maybe they might decide to practice my name a bit. Oh. Because the crux of the problem seemed to be that my parents just weren't using my name when I wasn't around, that they would sort of humor me when I was visiting them, but then, oh, I'm gone, so back to old name and old pronouns, which is why I think they got out of practice, and when they were talking with uh, Adrian's parents-in-law, they were probably in that mindset of like, oh, this is just like having visitors at the house rather than it's like having Ashley at the house. So the people that your father outed you to yes. at the end of your last visit, did you, have you talked to them since then? No, no, I didn't have a chance to. Okay. Yeah. It was an oddly quiet ride back to the airport. Yeah. It seemed as if either they were kind of processing what had just happened or perhaps that they were embarrassed for me for, for what had happened. And so they were going to be there again plus 
other people. Margaret's sister and her husband, some neighbors um, who I'd already been out to, but I didn't want to have just a repeat of 4th of July, but on Thanksgiving again. I wrote them this letter and I think it got there because I, I had the tracking thing with the Priority Mail Express. Oh, I see. Right. And it got there on, I think, the, Saturday, the first Saturday in November. And my parents called me that evening. Oh, yeah. that's different. So we were chatting with them. And then my parents mentioned like, oh yeah, we're, we're in Atlanta for the weekend. So oh. they hadn't received it at all. It was just- Oh God. I know. I got all like antsy for nothing. They got back on the money. It was just a weekend trip. I kept expecting them to call me because I, this is now the third letter that I've sent to my parents. And usually they call me a few days afterward and we kind of talk through it and things, but they didn't seem to be calling. And so the Friday before Thanksgiving, I called them. This was what, a couple weeks worth of them having the letter? Yeah. So yeah, I finally called them and um, they, we had sort of normal phone call, chit chat stuff for like 15 or 20 minutes and then um, I could tell that the call was sort of starting to wind down. And so I asked him, oh, by the way, I happen to, do you happen to get the letter that I had sent to you? And, um, and my dad says, oh yes, we've received it. Um, well, we can talk more about that once you're here. So great. I mean, maybe he just wanted like the home court advantage or something. I got to my parents' house on the, the day before Thanksgiving because I was visiting them for Thanksgiving. And I was thinking, uh, I was thinking to myself, well, for sure we'll be talking about like this evening. Um, it so happened that my brother and uh, his wife were also gonna be coming for Thanksgiving, but they were only gonna be around later. So. The dinner on the day before Thanksgiving was just me and my parents. So I was like, oh, okay, this is, this is when it'll be happening. Let me pause you there. Wasn't yeah. there some language in your letter that was not necessarily an ultimatum, but along those lines, like, I don't know if I want to come visit if you're not going to do this thing that I'm requesting. It wasn't so much the visiting one, um, but one of the things I'd mentioned in my letter that um, as far as being outed in public and the safety risks that are involved there, I said, um, that's a risk that I can't ignore. And if your pronoun habits remain as they are, I'm afraid that I won't be able to go with you places in public. Okay. So I was thinking, oh, well, surely this was when we'll talk about it. Turns out they, they didn't seem to be wanting to talk about it. Did you bring it up? No, I suppose I could have, but I guess I was so sure that this was going to be like the designated time when we would do it, that maybe that they would just eventually say something. Okay. So, so that was a little bit weird because it meant that going into Thanksgiving, I didn't know where my parents stood on things. Yeah. But it turns out my parents actually did a pretty good job of it, of like referring to me and things um, and pronouns and stuff. I actually, I, I mean, in past years, I've kind of kept a little tally of like how many times they misgender me and for Thanksgiving and so on. I kept a similar tally this time around for Thanksgiving. They only misgendered me once, which is not bad. When was that? 
it was once my my brother and his wife had got in that evening, and my dad had said something. And so it was unfortunate that he had misgendered me, but at the same time, he didn't end up outing me because I'm already out to my brother and his wife. Okay. So over Thanksgiving, they actually, as far as I know, got my name right and pronouns and stuff. It was sort of where most of my friends were, like a month after I came out to them. Okay. <laughs> were there times when you overheard them doing it when you weren't in the room? No, no, I, I didn't. Um, the one trick they seemed to have was that they would use my name more often than pronouns for me. I guess perhaps that was their way of um, making sure that they didn't That use is just like your friends about a month after you came out. So I was actually kind of impressed. I mean, it kind of worked out pretty okay. Well, pretty okay then. I know. Uh, did you guys go out in public anywhere? I didn't go in public with my parents. Um, the, the day after Thanksgiving, my brother and his wife and uh, cousin and I went out for barbecue. Oh, okay. So that was, I mean, I didn't happen to go anywhere with my parents. Okay. But I did end up talking to my parents about the letter, though. Okay. I told my parents, hey, I appreciate that you seem to be trying more and that you got my name right and, and that sort of thing. So my, my dad said to me, um, oh, and, and by the way, your, your letter was addressed to both of us, meaning um, my mom and him. And my dad says, but all the examples you gave were me. <laughs> <laughs> and my dad says, uh, yes, I misspeak at times, I admit, but it's not for lack of trying. Like, as if he was harsh on me for like being too hard on him. You know, uh, I was speaking about your situation to some people mm -hmm. and they said uh, they were they were much more forgiving of your parents than I have been. And they said that in cases like this, it's normally expected that your parents will take as many years to adjust as they've known you. <laughs> like, so it would be like 30 years. Uh, I think that's too many years. I'm not sure of the statistical likelihood that my parents will still be alive 30 yeah, right. years from now. Yeah. Do you think things would have gone differently if you hadn't used only dad examples in the letter? So I think last time we talked, there were some mom examples. There were a few mom examples. I think that, I mean, for instance, one of the examples in the letter was about how we were out at a restaurant and um, the server comes to take our wine order. And my dad says, we'll have such and such wine. And my dad then says, Oh, and he'd want to ask about which gins you have. Mm -hmm. Eventually, at which point I said, oh, no, I was the one who wanted to ask about gin. Because the server at that point was like totally confused because my brother was the only other guy at the table and my dad sort of gestured in my direction. So it was, yeah. I so, was at a Hooters once uh, late at night. I don't know if that's any better or worse. I mean, being the late at night part. True, yeah. Hmm. No. Oh, oh Jesus Christ. What what happened then? 
So uh, did you say, oh no no no, you're both messing it up? <laughs> well, I, I I said to my dad like uh, I may point out bits of criticism here and there, um, but uh, I think you're kind of an outspoken person. You have opinions and so on, and it may just be that you're more talky than mom sometimes. I don't think my dad was upset. Just I guess maybe a little irked, perhaps. But um, but my dad did go on to say though that um, he said. But mom is better on the pronouns than I am. I've noticed that too. Oh, that I surprises know. me. What was his body language like? We were sitting, my, my family's kitchen has sort of uh, like a little island area and some uh, bar stools kind of at one end to kind of form a breakfast nook thing. So we were just sitting there and my mom was, I think, just leaning on the counter nearby. So my dad was, he, he didn't seem tense about it, I guess, but he wasn't totally relaxed either. I was wondering if he was like fidgety. Not outwardly so. I, yeah. Um, although at, at that point, I said to my dad, like, well, I, I can tell that you're getting better. And I just want to put that out there. And my mom says, uh, uh, onward and upwards. Said yes, uh, yes, exactly. Did you speak specifically about the likelihood of going out in public with them then? I, I didn't. It didn't really come up. So that would was, you? Would I go out in public with them? Yeah. At this point, I think I would. Because over Thanksgiving, they were talking with people who were not me, and usually that seems to be the part where. They mentally kind of forget the ruse that they're supposed to be using my name and so on. But it seemed like they had actually been trying. And so that, that kind of helped. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It sounds like you're feeling generally hopeful. I, I'm generally hopeful. Yes. I did also get some more, I got some pictures taken of me so I could replace the shots in my parents' house. Really? Yeah. My friends, Aaron and Steve, they are professional photographers. Um, I met them through the Dallas Camera Club, and uh, they weren't always doing photography as their day job, but they decided that they'd like photography more, so they quit their day jobs. And Fabulous. I know. I asked them if they would help me take some more headshots and different yeah. pictures of me, because last time when I had visited my parents in July, I had asked them about, so, hey, do you think we can swap out some of the, the photos because there were all these old photographs of me. And surprisingly, at the time, they sort of seemed to agree to it. So I was thinking, well, I will get some photos and then we can put this in motion. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So on the, on the Wednesday before Thanksgiving, I gave my parents the photos and they seemed quite pleased to receive them. Oh, good. Yeah. I guess sort of the lead up to that was that back in July when I visited my parents over the 4th of July weekend, I talked to them about, hey, do you think we could put away some of the old photos of me because it helps me and it's also really weird. It would be confusing to visitors and that sort of thing. And they seemed to kind of tentatively agree at the time. So that's why I wanted to get these pictures taken so I could kind of put the plan in motion. And back in July, what I had done was after I'd had that conversation with them later that evening, I um, 
went up to the TV room and there were some pictures of me and I kind of put them away onto a bookshelf. And then, um, and then the next morning, this was back, still back in July, I went downstairs because I knew there was another picture there that I wanted to put away. And turns out that picture had already been put away somewhere. Oh my so, goodness. I know. Yeah. So that was, that was a good sign. I was really kind of stoked about that. Fast forward to Thanksgiving again. And what was sort of odd was that the picture in the living room, the one that they had put away, it was, it was back. I believe it was my high school graduation. I mean, that's the one, that's the one shot that probably weirds me out the most. It's like, it's like Vigo the Carpathian, where like the picture seems to be like looking into your soul. Well, okay. it's it, because I don't even know that person anymore. It's like, yeah. Oh, is that a, a sibling I ha used to have or? Yeah, I can't even imagine. Yeah. It's a very masculine looking shot by nature of like being in a suit or whatever. So the Wednesday evening, I mean, this is after I'd given them the pictures. Uh, after my parents went to bed, I did some gorilla photo swapping. Because I thought, you know what? Why leave it up to chance? Yeah. I actually left the old photo right behind the new photo so that Okay. Because I guess theoretically, if my parents wanted to have a scrapbook in a bedroom of old pictures of me, I guess I wouldn't be totally stoked, but I could give that a buy or whatever. Um, or if they'd want to have like an old picture in a drawer somewhere. <laughs> I don't in know. In a drawer. <laughs> well. <laughs> okay. I mean, yeah. I mean, they might want to put it on the ceiling in the bathroom. Yeah, sure. I mean, well, I mean, just some, some place where, like, guests and visitors wouldn't be seeing it, where I wouldn't mm -hmm. be outed automatically. Right. Because my, my parents are very personable people, and, like, if a new neighbor moves in or something, they might have them over for drinks or something. And Yeah, totally. And it would just be super weird when my parents were like, oh, are these your, your kids? And, like, oh, yes, that's my son and my daughter or something. And, like, the pictures yeah. would totally. Well, your, your daughter was quite a tomboy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it turns out she was. Yeah. My parents scanned and uploaded every photo that they had of their family oh. going back to like the early 1900s. And then they sent us all the hard copies. That's kind of amazing. What the fuck am I going to do with this? <laughs> That's not going in a frame. Wait, how, okay, how old were you then in that, that shot? That was probably my junior or senior year, pre-acne medication. But <laughs> this is probably my favorite of all time. That's me wearing, wearing a petticoat. I believe we talked about that on the show previously. Yes, that's awesome. Oh, I love that. Big ass square dance petticoat. Here's me wearing a tuxedo for the first time. Wow. That you... was pre-acne. So... At any rate, uh, the Wednesday evening, I did the gorilla picture swapping so that, especially for the one in the living room where it's like the, I think it's a five by seven of my high school graduation suit thing. And yeah, so I, I fixed that. And uh, I didn't specifically say anything to my parents, although surely they would have noticed by now. E oh, so, oh, okay. Yeah, no, they would have noticed in that morning. 
Because when something's different in your natural environment. I almost wonder if it'd be like, what is it, banner blindness or whatever? Like where it's, it's part of their home and they might not. Yeah, I mean, I lose things that way. But if it's something that's hanging on the wall and it suddenly becomes a new thing, I think I would notice. I mean, whether or not they had noticed right that, that minute, I mean, they surely noticed by now. So. Yeah, and no word about it. No, I think my, my parents, they're very, I guess, proud people. They're not ones to um, talk about their mistakes very often, I guess. Okay. So for them to say something like, hey, thanks for swapping out the photos, that would also be sort of an admission that they had left those up there. Ugh. And, I mean, when I gave them the, the photos... Um, on on the Wednesday evening, they they seem to like them and say nice things. Oh, oh, okay. Oh, yeah. okay. I wasn't. I guess I wasn't paying attention. I thought that this would have been the first time they saw them. I gave them the photos after uh, dinner. That's right. You yeah. said that on Wednesday. Yeah. yeah. So I um, I have talked to my parents since then, um, just kind of chit chat stuff. But they they haven't really brought up more stuff from the letter. Maybe they just figured that. They've kind of taken care of it. Yeah, all better now. The thing is, like, this is the one time where maybe it's not 100% better, but it's it's actually, no, it is noticeably better. Yeah. Than the last visit I, I've been there, because on past letters, they would kind of have a harumph harumph when I would send them the letter, and then it would kind of blow over or whatever. But it seems like you go through some waves with them where you feel like it's getting better and then it gets worse again. Is this the first visit you've had where you would say they did pretty good overall with your pronouns? Yeah, yeah, I'd say so, yeah. Okay. I know what you mean about the, the wavy bits or whatever, where, because when I would send them a letter in the past, it seemed like they would try a little bit more and then I'd be hopeful and then they would just, it would just kind of plateau. So it wasn't as if, they continued on that upward trajectory or whatever. So I think that's what kind of led to the disappointment in those times where it seemed like, okay, maybe we're on the, the route to getting better, then you just kind of fizzle. Okay. Yep. Are you still on a short list for surgery? I am still on the waiting list for, for bottom surgery. And uh, I had I put myself on the waiting list for, I think, April, May, June of 2016, for my preference. It turns out that um, it looks like there's going to be a family reunion in July. So that might make things a little bit complicated. Yeah. With bottom surgery, part of the recovery and aftercare is dilation of your new vagina that, I mean, they're essentially um, progressively larger sized dildos that you insert and then just to make sure that the hole doesn't close up because that would be no good. And I think for the first three months after surgery, you have to do that three times a day for I think 20 minutes or half an hour or something like yeah. that. So that kind of puts a bit of crimp potentially on um, like activities while we're at the reunion. Just tell people you need a nap. It'll be all right. I, I, I'm just thinking, like, if we were to have, like, a, 
go to the museum for the day or something. Um, because apparently the dilation thing is not something you can just skip because it's, it's a very important part of the thing. So you just, you said it would take 20 or 30 minutes. It would, but that's three times a day. So like if you do it at, and when you wait like at 9am at 1pm and 8pm or whatever. So it kind of like bifurcates your day. Just tell people that part of recovery is meditating and they'll leave you alone. Meditating. Uh, they'll understand. They're like, oh yeah, yeah, sorry. Well, your health is the most important thing. So let's leave Ashley alone for a little while. Sure. Yeah. I mean, really, I'll just, I'll cross that bridge when I come to it. I'm okay. not going to fret about it now. Do we teach you something ladylike? Ashley, would you teach me something ladylike? I would be happy to, Jay. Okay, yeah. great. So do you know how many jobbies we have? Better be less than three. Two jobbies. That's oh, right. two jobbies. Okay, good. Uh, so this is, um, I can see it. This is uh, from Kat Von D, is the brand who, she's also the spokesperson or whatever. And it's her Locket Concealer. And I also have another concealer. This is my sort of regular one, which is MAC uh, Moisture Cover Concealer. And this one's got a little blondy thing. Beep. How is Locket spelled? On the Kat Von D one? It's L-O-C-K-I-T. Okay. So I guess it's meant to like lock in your beauty or something. Yeah, sure. Your natural ebullience. Yeah. And so this one's got a little cap and you squeeze it out. Um, I've actually been fairly happy with the MAC Select Moisture Cover Concealer. So I hadn't been particularly looking for a new one. But um, my friend uh, Allison, who lives in St. Louis now, she uh, recommended uh, this one, the Kat Von D. And I'm mostly happy with this one. One of the things that I like about it over the MAC is that it seems to have better coverage, which means that it's uh, better at concealing like um, things you want to conceal. Yeah. Like what? Like if you have a dark circles under your eyes or a blemish on your chin. The MAC one, it is, that is pretty good coverage, but not quite as good as the Kat Von D. Um, on the other hand, the MAC one seems to blend in more easily with my foundation. So, I mean, there are pluses and minuses and um, all that's to say, I'm, I've got, I'm sticking with both of them. So day to day, this, the Mac select moisture cover. I mean, it also has this little self-application wand to so go boop, 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 which is convenient because with uh, the Kat Von D one, I mean, you unscrew the thing and then you put some like you in the back of your hand or wherever, and then you brush it on from there. So it requires a separate implement, a separate brush. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. So day to day, I'll often just stick with the, the, the Mac Select Moisture Cover. But if, um, if it's like a, a special occasion, like maybe Thanksgiving or something, or if I'm getting pictures taken, I'll use both of them. Because then it's sort of the best of both worlds. That this one kind of blends in nicely. I, I use this one first usually. And then I'll go for uh, the Kat Von D, the locket. And um, you can get, uh, I mean, the Mac one is available at Mac stores. That's just kind of how it works. Uh, it happens to be, it goes for $19. Mm. And the Kat Von D, the, the locket concealer, goes for $25. Oh, and it doesn't even have the applicator. 
the, the Max Select Moisture Cover. This is five milliliters. The Cat Von D, let's see, 17 milliliters. Even though the packaging can be deceiving or whatever, you're actually getting like twice as much concealer in this one. That is deceiving. Yeah. Although, being that it doesn't have its own applicator, it can be easy to accidentally squirt too much on the back of your hand, and then even once you apply it enough to for your makeup, you might have just have excess on your hand that just goes to waste. So, but having said that, even when you account for having a bit of excess here and there, this one's probably still a pretty good deal. Well, I'll use that then. <laughs> yeah, sure. The Kat Von D, you can get this at Sephora. Yeah. And it might, it might be a Sephora exclusive, I'm not certain, but you could, at the least you can get it at Sephora. So. What's the second jobby? Second jobby, yes. Is mascara. Boop. And this one is uh, from a brand called Buxom. And this is their waterproof lash mascara. Isn't all mascara lash mascara? I think so. That's probably a redundancy, but I don't know. They just call it lash mascara. All right. Maybe that's for the SEO. So like when you, eh, I don't know. Sure, sure. Yeah. Anyway, I found about I found out about this one through uh, the website called The Sweet Home, which does reviews of consumer goods, um, like they'll review slippers or laundry detergent. It's kind of like consumer reports, but it's free. And this was their pick for mascaras. Oh, right. yeah. Waterproof mascaras can have ups and downs. I mean, on one hand, they could be handy because if you cry, your mascara won't dissolve and leave like black streaks down your face. Oh, but then that makes life so dramatic. I know, how will you know that TV characters are sad? Yeah, totally. On the other hand, there are some waterproof mascaras that are too waterproof. On some of the mascaras, you would apply them and then you, you would use like a makeup remover wipe or whatever, and it just like wouldn't come off basically. So that you'd have to like really work at it and it'd be kind of a nuisance to, to get it off. But what I like about this one though, is that it is waterproof, but it also comes off without a whole lot of fuss. Okay. Yeah. And the other thing that's handy about the waterproof one is that it seems to be more resilient to to flaking because on some mascaras you'll you'll apply it and then tiny bits will flake off into your eye and it's not it's not poisonous i mean they test the mascara so that you're not going to die or whatever but if you have if you wear contact lenses or something or just just anyway it can kind of irritate your eyes sometimes when that happens so with this one it seems to be somewhat more resistant to doing that. Right. Because um, I guess it's I guess it's sort of oil-based or something, so it remains more flexible as opposed to like purely a water-based one, which could dry out and then become brittle. And, oh, I see. Yeah. Um, you can also get this at Sephora, and it goes for $19. And it's, it works out pretty nicely. And Yay. what I've also learned is that... Um, I think the Sweet Home and sort of in general, they recommend replacing your mascara every six months or so, because even if you keep them properly capped and so on, they can eventually dry out. That's not so good. So that's just sort of a, a general tip there that if you uh, 
don't wear mascara all the time, but uh, you have some special event coming up, if it's been more than six months since you've last worn mascara, for instance, you should probably get a new one because it might just, it might not be so good by then. All right. Well, I guess I'll go do some dishes now. Yeah. Um, have a lovely December and, and I'll talk to you probably sometime in January. That sounds great, Jay. Yeah, you have an awesome December too. Thanks. Yeah. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye. Bye.